Amen. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Day. Amen. I, uh, it's my understanding that the early church would, uh, you know, once Jesus had risen, that somebody would say, He is risen. And the other person would respond because they would say, Yes, I believe that too. And they I believe in Christ. They would say, He is risen indeed. And uh, so, He is risen. Amen. Yes, he is. Isn't that good to know? Because without that, uh, I don't know what we'd be doing here. You know, and y'all would be like sitting here going, why are we here? But he is risen because, and we have life because he is risen. So praise God for that. Happy Resurrection Day. Um, You know, every single week, uh, we basically will pray for another body of Christ. And the reason that we do that is we recognize that Uh, We're happy to be here. We're happy to be Boomerang Church. We're happy to have the vision that we have. We're happy that you are engaged in that vision and and helping to accomplish things in the kingdom of God. But we recognize that we're a part of the body, maybe a finger, maybe a toe, maybe an arm, maybe an elbow, but we're a part of the body. We are a part of the best body. All right, And so every week we just remember that, hey, we're not the only one. And we don't want to just honor and esteem ourselves. We want to honor and esteem Christ. And we do that by honoring other parts of his body. Not overlooking them, but esteeming them. This morning, each week, we generally will pray for another body. This morning, I'd like for us to pray for my pastor's church. Uh, First Assembly in Rockingham, and uh, his name is Pastor Gene Alexander and his wife Kathy. So will you will you join with me and let's just lift them up, Amen? Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much for Pastor Gene. We thank you so much for Miss Kathy. We thank you for First Assembly in Rockingham. They are a part of who we are in you. They are a part of our body, and Lord, we lift them up. Right now, let your will be done in their lives as it is in heaven. Let it be done in that ministry. Let your will happen in that place. Lord, anything that would try to come against your will, let it come to nothing. Let every fiery dart be quenched. Let every weapon formed against them come to nothing and be destroyed in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray for your blessing and honor to be poured out on them them, Lord, and let those things manifest. Lord, let us not just talk about them, but let there be testimony of the great things that you have done and are doing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Well, this is um, uh, resurrection morning. He is risen, and we've been talking about, we started a series there, Resurrection Leave stay and go and last week we started on leave and this morning we're on stay Uh, and these scriptures are not on your notes but I'd like for you to turn to Romans chapter 8 because I believe that today is special in this way Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 and it says this it says he talking about the Father, who did not spare his own Son, but delivered him over for us all. Did did the Father spare his Son for you? No, he didn't spare his Son. Did he deliver Christ over for everyone? Yes, he did. All right, so these conditions have been met. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? In other words, if the father would take something that is so valuable to himself, how in the world would he not freely give you everything? How in the world would he not do it? That's what this verse is saying. And, and see, today I want you to understand That what are we talking about? We're talking about a risen Savior. We're talking about resurrection life and life in abundance that's come to all mankind through Jesus Christ. The Word tells us this. He says, while you preach my Word, he says, I will work with with that Word and I will perform signs and wonders. I will be working with it, confirming the truth about that Word. 
And so today, as we preach this word and as you hear it, I want you to see that whatever things you need in your life, I'm expecting, even while we're in this service, while we're preaching, even before we might pray for you or lift you up, even just while the word is being preached, that the power of God is going to be released in your life. I believe that some of you might be healed just while we're sitting here. I believe that solutions might happen. Maybe you need a financial miracle in your household. And by the time you get back home, everything's going to be set. I believe that, that if you need a job, that there's somebody that God is saying, hey, that person needs a job and they're going to be a good fit. And they'll give, before we leave this place, God will speak to them and give them favor about you. I believe that God is going to work with his word. And I want you to see the, the power of this back in Romans 8, 11, It says this, resurrection life, resurrection power. In verse 11 in Romans 8 says that if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if you're born again and the spirit of God lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, he will manifest the life-giving resurrection power of God in you right here while we're sitting, right here, right now. However that life needs to come about. This is what God was doing in Christ. He was becoming a savior to you in all areas of your life. He was saving you. But not just saving a piece of you or a portion of your time like the sweet by and by. He was saving you for all eternity. That's what eternal life is. And this morning as we talk about his love for you, he'll be saving you right now. The question is, do you know it? Do you have expectation on it? And by faith, do you receive that? So I've just given you all the stuff that you need for you to say, I believe I'll believe that. I think I'll take that. I think I'll, Lord, I think I'll expect that you're going to be pouring life into me right here just as we hear this, this word. So praise God for his power and his love. So in this series, Resurrection, Leave, Stay, and Go, we're looking at the love of God. And what we looked at last week is, what kind of love did it take for Jesus to leave godliness? He, he was considered equal with God. And he said he did not consider it robbery for that to be taken from him, for him to give it up. In other words, he was considered equal with God in heavenly places. He's got a people down here that are evil, they're enemies, they're sinners, they can't help themselves, and he says, I'm going to take what I have, set it to the side myself, make the choice, and go down and become one of them. What kind of love does that take to leave heaven? That, that's the love that he has for you. That's the love that he has for you. And this morning what we're looking at is what kind of love did it take for him to stay? Like, I mean, once he got here, it's not like we were like, oh, Jesus, the Savior of the world, woo! We'll love you forever. That, that only happens in cartoons that Luke watches on, on Netflix. But in this kingdom... In this world, this kingdom of darkness that was here, it didn't happen like that. They said, oh, Jesus, let us stab you in the back. Let us kill you. And he knew it. And he said, I'm willing to stay. What kind of love did it take for him to leave heaven and to stay on the cross for you? Matthew 26, 53 says this, and I think this may be one of the strongest uh, verses of today's message. It says this, Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? At once. See, let, let, me, let me just put this in context for you. 
Jesus had an easy button. He's like, all he had to do was say, Daddy, and 12 legions of angels come down and wipe out all his enemies and take care of him. He knew it. You know, it wasn't like he didn't know this. He knew this. He had the easy button. You know, things got too tough. Things got too hard on his flesh. All he had to do was go, easy, daddy, father. And it was over. His pain, over. Ours, not so much, but his, over. All he had to do was hit the easy button. And he knew he had it. He knew it was in the palm of his hand. He knew it. What kind of love did it take for him not to hit that? What kind of love did it take? You know, here, I, we talked about this uh, some, but here's the thing, you know, we're trying to believe God for something and, and we got a headache or we got something going on and we're like, oh, Father. You know, most of the time we don't even pray for healing. We just go to the cabinet and get aspirin. It's not that aspirin is necessarily bad or good. I, I praise God for aspirin for when I, I didn't know how to employ faith. And still now, every now and then, I forget how to do faith, and I need some aspirin. Thank God for his mercy, right? But the question is, a lot of times, we don't even go and pray for that stuff. I mean, we don't even pray for healing. The easy button's in our cabinet. We just go to the cabinet. Don't even consider God. But then sometimes we consider God and, and we say, oh, Lord, help me, help me through this. And we ask him to help us and we try to put some faith out there. And sometimes we do it well, sometimes we don't. But then, you know, it's like 15 minutes later after we pray, we're like, oh, my goodness, it hurts so much. And, and, we, and we think about that easy button in the cabinet. Oh, if I just take two of those in 45 minutes, everything will be okay. And how many times have we just gone, easy button, and we go and we get it handled? Or maybe it's financial and we just need to borrow money or, or whatever it is. And we just hit that easy button. So we're not talking about a mere headache here with Jesus. We're not talking about a one-time financial burden. We're not talking about these things that so many times you and I have caved for and we've hit the easy button. We're talking about crucifixion. We're talking about beatings and lashings. And, and, and think about this. A lot of times the reason why we don't have faith is because our conscience uh, is, is offended. And, and here's the thing that we're thinking. We're like, I'm going to pray for healing, but you know what? I don't really deserve it because I sinned the other day, and I know I sinned, so I don't deserve it. You see, Jesus didn't have that. Jesus had done everything right. So here he is like, all right, they're going to beat me, they're going to whip me, they're going to kill me. I have an easy button, but here's the kicker. I hadn't done anything wrong. How many of us in that situation would be like, forget y'all, easy button, <laughs> Jesus, you know, Father, you know, forget the rest of everybody else. No thanks, don't want to die like that. What kind of love did it take? For Jesus, what kind of love for you? For you. Because that's, that's where it was directed. What kind of love for you did it take for Jesus not to hit that easy button and to stay on that cross? What kind of love did it take? He had an easy button and he knew it yet he chose not to use it. Listen, and you, I think you'll get this with me. It's one thing to start a journey. It's another to stay, especially when all you have to do is hit the easy button, when all you have to do is say one word. How many of us have started things and we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be great. I mean, how many, I, and I'm telling on myself too, how many people have gotten into church and you're like, yeah, I'm going to help, I'm going to do all this stuff, it's going to be great, we're going to change the world. And like two months later, you know, you forget all about that. You know, how many of us have started something, but we haven't finished it? We took the easy way out in a sense. It's really not easy that way, it's actually worse, but we don't see that at first. But how many times, you know, it's a different thing to start something 
than it is to start it and finish it. And it's a totally different thing to start it and finish it when all you have to do is say a word, Daddy, and everything would be over. What kind of love did God have for you, did Jesus have for you, to start his work here on earth and finish it? Because you see, knowing what kind of love he had for you is the answer to all of your problems. Knowing how much he loves you, if, if God wouldn't, he, if he'd give you his son, how in the world would he not give you all other things freely? How in the world would he not do that? How in the world is he not doing that right now in your lives, in your heart, in your jobs, in your bodies, in your minds? In your families. How in the world is he not wanting to pour this out right now? But a lot of times we don't have it because we don't even know about it. We don't know how much he loves us. We're not willing to accept it because we don't know about it. He loves you that much. Matthew 26, 39 and 42 Here is Jesus in the garden, and he says, And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And then again, in verse 42, he went away away a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. In other words, he had just prayed the same thing, and now he's still questioning. He's like, man, I don't want to do this. My flesh does not want to do what I'm about to do. What you have revealed to me, I don't want to do it. What was his flesh wanting to do? I'm out. Hit the easy button, Daddy, and be gone. That's what his flesh was wanting to do. And, and, you know, we need to follow his pattern a lot of times. A lot of times it seems like that's the easy button. But would that, let me ask you this question. Would that have been easy on the heart of God for Jesus to call daddy? Because in, in regaining his son without giving him to die, he lost all of us. And on the heart of God, although it looked easy to Jesus in the big scheme of things to his father, it wasn't that easy. How many things are we doing where we're hitting the easy button and yet it still uh, challenges the heart of God? And, and doesn't, shouldn't we follow the example of Christ that says, I will persevere, I will push through, I will put on Christ? Shouldn't we go after and do those same things? But what's going to empower you to do that? Why would somebody, why would somebody just choose to give their life to Christ? I can tell you why. Because when they look at the love that Christ had for them to leave heaven and to stay on the cross, they can say, I can be motivated by that. I love because he first loved me. See, a lot of times we take our eyes off of his love and that's why we don't do the things that we're supposed to be doing. That's why we come short. That's that's why we hit the easy button that our flesh is yelling so much because we've taken our eyes off of his love. I'm challenging you this week, you know, look at it today. Ask this question, but don't just ask this question this morning. Ask this question all week. Ask this question all month. Ask this question for the rest of your life. What kind of love did it take for Jesus to leave heaven and to stay on the cross? And that's the love that he loved you with. And all of a sudden, there's something about that that motivates us to, to have you know, the strength to stand. You know, if Jesus did that without hitting the easy button, I can believe him in this circumstance. I can keep on going. I can do what he's asked me to do and not make excuses for it, not even ponder the options of not doing it. I'll just do what he asked me to do. God, this is easy compared to what Jesus did for me. Certainly, I can repay him with that love. You know, it's interesting here in the garden, in between verse 39 and 42, what happens is Jesus comes. Jesus had had been like this. I'll get Roger and John, and and I need one more. Uh, uh, Come here, Jeff, real quick. Yeah, George. George's good. Jeff's in the middle. (laughs) All right. So, all right. Y'all got to play around. So, here's, here's like, all right. Okay, boys. Here's what's happening. We're about to pray. 
Okay, I know you are excited about that. I know your flesh is jumping up and down because I said we're going to pray, right? Woohoo! Yeah, I know you're excited about it. So let's pray together, okay? All right, good. I'm going to go over here. Y'all pray. And so he goes and prays. And here he is sweating blood. And what are they doing? They're all knocked out. Now, what's about to happen right now? What's about to happen in the world? Let, let me put it this way. What's about to happen in the universe? Is, is it big or little? And so he comes back, and they're still sleeping. And he's like, hey, can't, can't you just pray with me for a little bit? He's like, hey, pray again. I'm going to go over here and pray. And he comes over here. The weight... The burden that's on Christ in this moment, he knows the universe is about to shift and change. This is a big moment. The weight is so heavy on him, he's sweating blood. That's pretty heavy. It's a pretty big moment. He comes back to the disciples, and they're asleep again. He's like, all right, get up, get up. It's time to go. Thank you, guys. I know as a pastor, I have seen, and I, I go through this quite a lot, where I know that the moment that we're having in church is so weighty. Lives hang in the balance. Lives are changing. I, I know so many times we walk in on Sunday morning and it is, it's crazy what's about to happen in spiritual terms. And then I see people that, that don't esteem it. You know, that I'm like, come on. We got, there's, there's people that are going to walk in today and their lives are never going to be the same. And people are like, let's worship. They come in with no expectation or don't come in at all. And yet I'm carrying the weightiness, the burden of it. I'm carrying the, the extreme nature of what's about to happen. But I'm telling you, I look at this situation right here, and here I see my Lord facing something much even more heavy. Those things, you know, sometimes those things are very heavy and very important. But yet, I see this right here. The universe is shifting. The universe is shifting. And the men that have been with Jesus, the men that he considered so much a part of his ministry, can't even... Worship, can't even pray and worship and stay with him for an hour. They can't do it. They can't even stay there for an hour. I want everybody's attention here, okay? Not there. So, it, here's a moment. It's very important. <laughs> Keep your attention here. here. Here's the universe shifting. Everything's going to be different in this moment. And here's these disciples. Jesus is carrying the weight of it. He's just asking them to carry a little piece of it. And they, and they fall asleep. These are the people that he's about to die for. These are the people that he's about to give his life for. Here's the thing. I've been those people. How many times has the Lord been asking me to do something? Me. And I'm the one who's fallen asleep on the job. How many times has that been you? And yet, even in the midst of that, even in the midst of that, Jesus is still about to die for me. Jesus saw that. Jesus saw me dropping the ball. And yet, he's still saying, I love you enough to stay on the cross. I'll carry it for you. He 
He was also about to die for the one that was driving the nails. He was also about to die for the ones that were preaching against him. He was also uh, you know, about to die for everybody that said crucify him. All of those. He was about to stay on that cross the whole time. This is his love that he has for you. We've been those that have fallen asleep on him in our responsibilities. When we don't esteem him and what he is doing today, we are those same people that didn't esteem his death then. You see, a lot of times we look at those disciples in the garden and we go, we go, oh man, oh, they fell asleep on Jesus. And yet we've been falling asleep on Jesus every day. We've been, we've been doing it all the time. You know, there's a verse in Romans uh, that says, basically, the thing that you, that you, you know, don't forgive, you're guilty of the same thing. And a lot of times we'll look at stories like that, like, you know, how many people want to have a real heart-to-heart with Adam and Eve, right? Like, hey, dudes, you know, could you not just not eat the fruit? But you know what? We're the same people. And we need to forgive them. But we also need to learn from that example and we need to be the ones that stop falling asleep on what he's called us to do, on what he's told us to do, on, on obedience to what he's asked us. But you've got to understand that even in the midst of that, even in the midst of you and me missing it and falling asleep, he still loves you. He still loves you enough to take a beating for you. He still loves you enough to take the stripes for your healing. He still loves you enough to have his feet and his hands pierced, to sit on that cross for a three excruciating hours and die for you. And the whole time he was holding in his hand an easy button where he could have escaped by just saying, Daddy, save me. But he saw the, the heart of the Father and he said, your will be done, not mine. And his love from the Father in Jesus held him in that place. He stayed during the whipping. He laid his life down willingly. John ten eighteen says this, No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. In other words, he's saying, look, these people aren't taking my life. I'm pouring it out. This is my choice. This is my choice right now. And I choose to love on humanity. But what's interesting is I want you to see this last statement here where it says, for this is what my Father has commanded. So I don't know about you, but maybe let's just think about your job, right? And think about your boss. So when your boss asks you to go and, hey, but I want you to go and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that you'll go and that you'll take a beating, you know, and then I'm going to ask that you would, you know, allow them to like drive these really big spikes through your hands and, and you're going to die and it's going to hurt a whole, whole lot as you die. And it hurts as you die. And it really is painful. Excruciating as you die. But I want you to do it for me because I love these people. I don't know about you, but what kind of person, and I want you to think about this. What did Jesus know about the heart of the Father that would drive him to be obedient to death at the Father's command? See, most of the time, if our boss told us to do that, or if, if your pastor told you to do that, we're like, mm -mm, I ain't doing that. He crazy. They've lost their mind. Do you not think that Jesus' flesh was trying to tell him the same thing? And yet, he knew something. He had revelation of who the Father was and his heart that was big enough 
to hold him on that cross. In other words, it, it's one thing, it's one thing to be obedient to somebody that you, you know, is not asking you to do too much. But this was a request for him to stay on the cross and die an excruciating death. He had to know something about the Father's heart that motivated him, that, that said, I know that this is going to cost me everything, but your will is worth it. What Do you understand how much Jesus had revelation of just how much the love of God was worth? So much so that he could give a command like that to stay on the cross, and Jesus would say, okay. You see, so many times uh, the Father asks us today to put down the TV remote. You know, don't go watch that movie. Don't read that book. Don't eat that food. You know, forgive that person. Do this, do that. God asks us to do that, and we're like, I'm doing that anyway. Why? Because our love for him is not where it has needed to be. A lot of times, though, what we need is revelation of just how pure God's love is. Because once you start to understand the purity of God's love for you, then you start to understand, if God's asking me to do something, he's got, he's got my best interest in mind. His love demands that it be opportunity to increase. And in this moment, Jesus had to know, I don't know everything that's going to happen. I might not have full revelation of everything, but I know if my Father, with the love that He has, is asking me to do something, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. You know, they questioned Jesus. They, they called him names. They told lies on him. And all that whole time, he could have sat there and he could have defended himself. He could have put them to shame in the wisdom of God. He could have done so many things. And yet, so that he would go to the cross and carry out the command of the Father, what he did was this. And didn't answer. Didn't defend himself. You know, somebody tells us that we do something bad. We're like, mm -mm, I'll tell you what, hold up, time out. You're about to learn, you're about to find out. Here's Jesus who actually did nothing wrong. Actually did nothing wrong. And he's sitting there and he says, and you know, because he can't, he can't tell a lie. He's got to tell the truth. So you know, if he starts talking, they can't defend his logic. So he just keeps quiet. He starts talking. He's not going to the cross because they can't fight that wisdom. They can't fight the wisdom from heaven. So he just keeps quiet. Again, at the command of God, he just keeps quiet. So many times we want to defend ourselves. We want, but what kind of love did it take for him to keep quiet? So they made sure that he went to the cross that he, that he paid the price, that he took the whipping for you so that you could be healed, so that he would die the excruciating death. What kind of love? And then once he gets up on the cross, he's sitting in that place, pain running through his body. What kind of love held him to that cross? Because it wasn't the nails. It was the love of God. It was the love of God that had pierced his heart. Not the nails that had pierced his hands. The love of God held him to that cross. The love for you is what held him there. Philippians 2.8 says, Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself. Love humbled him and said, Lord, I'll do whatever you need me to do to accomplish your will. And I love these people enough to stay here and do what you've asked me to do. So that they won't have to go through the stuff that they were going to go through.
what kind of things are available to you and I now when we start walking in that kind of love? Do you realize that daily God offers you and me choices? And it daily he offers us you know, decisions and, and points and things that we can do or not do. What kind, of, what kind of things are available to you and me when all of a sudden we start walking in that same kind of love? Do you realize in that instant the world opens up to us and even more importantly it opens up to God? But God's just waiting. His eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf whose heart is perfect towards him, whose heart is mature. He's looking for somebody that'll say, my heart, my love is generated by your love. And I will let you be in me who you wanted to be the whole time. What kind of things, what kind of great exploits are available? And I'll tell you just this morning right now, it begins with this. Jesus, I make you my Lord. Even if you've been born again, just taking that moment to to recommit, and not just say words. It's not just saying words. It's a turn of the heart. It's a repentance of the heart that says, look, look, Jesus, I'm not just, you know, calling you Lord in front of people. I declare right now my life is different. I don't, I'm not moved and motivated by me anymore. I'm moved and motivated by you. And I'm obedient to what you asked me to do. No matter what the cost I think it might cost me. No matter what the pain it might cause to my flesh. I'm willing to do what you're asking me to do. No matter what I, the flesh feels like it might miss out on. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Jesus, I make you my Lord. You're my Savior. What kind of things are available if we will put on the same kind of love that Jesus had? Like he put on the love that his father had. What kind of things are available? And it starts right here. The world is about to open up to you simply by making Jesus Lord, not just in your head, but in your heart. By making him the director of your life. He chose to leave and go into death, hell, and the grave. He chose to stay for you. Based off of the seed that Jesus has sown. Think about that. What did Jesus sow for you? He, he has sown himself. His whole life. Based on the seed that Jesus has sown. What harvest does he deserve to reap from you? And it starts right now with saying, Lord, I receive your free love. I receive your free gift of salvation. I receive in me the manifestation of the love of the heart of the Father. And let it, let it explode on the inside of me. Let it draw down the power of God from the heart of heaven. Let it, let it explode in me to cause me to be who I need to be. Lord, I give you my choices. I give you my life. But it starts right now. And I can't do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself. So right now let's just bow our heads. And whether you know God. Before this moment. Or maybe today is your first day. I just invite you. Will you come know my Jesus who decided to stay through the beatings and the whippings and the excruciating death on the cross because he loved you that much? Will you surrender your heart and your life to him? Not in a religious way, but in a very real way. Will you surrender yourself to him and say, Jesus, if, if you did that for me, you deserve this life that I have to give. And right now, let me give you this life. If you want to make that choice with me today, and I just pray right now that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. 
I pray that anything that would hold your heart back from, from going all in with God, I pray right now that it would just be bound, its power would be bound over your life, that its, its grip would be loosed out of your mind and out of your heart. Everything that's held you back from being all in with God, from making Him Lord before, from, from being everything that God's called you to be, let it be broken now in Jesus' name. I just plead the blood of Jesus over every one of you that's hearing this. And so right now, in the freedom of Christ, I ask you, will you make Him your Lord? Will you do it for the first time? Will you renew it? And just pray this with me. Pray this out of your own mouth. Pray it so that you can hear it. It doesn't have to be a shout, but pray it out loud. Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that He died for me, that He died for my sins, so that I might be free. And today, I make Him the director of my life. He makes the choices, not me any longer. I follow His lead. Jesus is my Lord. He's the Lord of my life. He's the Lord of my house. He's the Lord of my possessions. And I believe that when He died for me, that you brought Him back to life for me and raised Him up and raised me up with Him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. Let's turn last place to Romans 8.37. I'm going to read these and just point out something to you. 37, 38, and 39. And then I'm just going to pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, we're just going to do this real simply. If you... If you want anything, if you want me to pray and release the power of God and the freedom of Christ in your life for anything, just raise your hand and I'll come to you after I read these verses. I, just want, I feel like I need to lay hands on you. Because we're believing that God will move with His Word and He will confirm it with signs following. That's the Scripture. What kind of love would motivate Jesus to leave heaven? What kind of love for you would motivate Christ to stay on that cross? It's huge. It's big. And he's proved it by dying for you. And now I want you to see this. Romans eight thirty seven. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. When we understand His love, it opens up the door for us to be overwhelming conquerors in this earth because we understand His love and how much it meant. Verse 38, I am convinced this love, keep in mind, this love that made Him leave and stay, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, you are a created thing. And maybe you've known the love of God and you've been one of those guys that fell asleep on Him in your walk on this earth. But I'm telling you, you're a created thing. And that, that act, it's not going to separate you from the love of God. He always loves you with an everlasting love. He will love you forever. And it's the kind of love that would, that would take Jesus and make him want to leave heaven, make him want to leave his godly status, make him want to take the whipping for you, make him want to stay on that cross, make him want to die for you. That's the love. And you'll never be able to separate yourself from the love of God. You'll never be able to do it. 
Nothing can come in between you and that love. The question is simply, will you receive it? And will you walk in it? If we can't separate ourselves from that love, and he gave his son and brought him back to life with the resurrection power, and he wants to confirm his word in you, when we pray today and you've heard this word, what kind of things does he want to do in your life? He wants to save every bit of it. He wants to save every bit of it. And so right now, I just ask that you close your eyes and, and uh, just pray with me. Let the Holy Spirit lead your prayer. And if you want prayer, I just ask that you will just raise your hand. And I'm going to come to each person and just pray. Lord, we just receive your love in Jesus' name. We receive it right now. We praise you for it, Father. Thank you for your love poured out. In every way. Thank you Father. For your love. Nothing will separate us. We receive. Just everybody in here. Just say I believe. And I receive. The love of God. Right now. In every way. In every manifestation. Lord the power of God be released. Amen. Thank you Father. Thank you. Thank you Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you Father. Glory. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you for manifesting, answering things right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you for life and life in abundance. Resurrection power. Life manifested in every way. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your love. Lord, thank you that you care about your people. Oh, you care about your people. You care about them. You care about them, Lord. You care about them. Thank you, Father, for your love in every way, in everything. Lord, bring your resurrection, life, and your power Right now to people. Bring your resurrection life and power. Right now in their lives Lord. It's not just about going to heaven only. It's about being the children of God. It's about receiving everything that God has for us. It's about not taking any of the price. Or any of the payment that he, that he paid. And, and not esteeming it. It's about releasing the power of God in our lives. Letting his love do what his love wants to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for manifesting right now. We praise you, Father, and we give you the glory. Thank you for solving problems. Thank you for solving issues, Lord, that we don't know how to fix. Thank you for being the solution to everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love being made manifest in every way. Thank you for life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for life being made manifest in every way. Thank you, Lord, for that love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I pray with you? Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your love, Lord. Oh, we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for working things out. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for making paths in the wilderness now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for working things out now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for releasing your anointing and your resurrection life in Jesus' name. Quickening our mortal bodies in every way. May healing be on every person in every life in here and that's here in this message. Lord, we receive your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. Who?
Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love and your life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Life in overflow, life in abundance be in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Lord, these are not empty prayers. It is your love made manifest. This is not, we're not the kind of people that just pray prayers and don't expect things. We expect testimonies to happen. We may not know everything that happened. We may not know it now. But we expect that you poured out exactly what we needed, whether we knew we needed it or not. Lord, we expect that as we follow in obedience to the Holy Spirit's leading, that the life of God is poured out in every person, that answers are come to the problems, Lord, that life comes to the places of the curse and death. Lord, we thank you for that and we praise you for it. Thank you, Lord, for your love. You do not leave us hopeless. You do not leave us without answers. But you raise us up with you in resurrection life, in every area of our life. Not just a few, but all of them. You are our Savior in every area of life. Lord, we believe it, we receive it, and we have your resurrection life in us today. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and we praise you for it. Amen. Amen. He is risen. Amen. I like it. Thank you all so much for being with us. Continue to celebrate the life of Christ in you. In Jesus' name. Have a great day. We love you.